Steve Jobs once said, we're here to put a dent in the universe. Well, FinTech has certainly put a dent in the financial services industry over the past few years. This podcast series focuses on the story of those individuals who took Jobs' advice, the dent makers, if you will. This is the FinTech Five. In this episode of the FinTech Five, we have Ron Shevlin. Ron is the Director of Research at Cornerstone Advisors. Ron, how you doing? Doing great, Sam. Thanks. So I've known Ron for several years now. I, I like to describe Ron as a researcher's researcher. It was just for you, Ron. I made that up myself. Appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. What attracted you to the market research side of financial services? Uh, I kind of fell into this by accident, Sam. But, you know, uh, I've always liked numbers. I've uh, been my MBAs in finance and statistics. Uh, had I had any direction back at business school, I probably would have gone directly into market research, but uh, got into uh, healthcare management. Couldn't only stand that for about two years, then got into management consulting, doing a lot of quantitative stuff in the more of the finance and marketing analytics area, and then uh, uh, got into IT strategy work and then went to Forrester, and uh, they offered me a position as the director of research of the financial services team, and I learned this after the fact that the reason they did that was because nobody else was stupid enough to take that job, but I did. And then I went, stepped out of the research director role and had to do something. So I said, well, I'm going to be a marketing guy and I'm going to study uh, financial services marketing. And so did a lot of consumer behavior research and stuff. So I've kind of been focused in the uh, quantitative side of things for pretty much 30 years. So that was the nice question. I got it out of the way. So now let's get to the real meat. You have absolutely no filter and no personal bandwidth for BS when it comes to marketing. Pretty pretty close to true. So so why is that? Is it your dad's fault? Your mom's fault? What 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 triggers that in you? Oh, drugs! Absolutely <laughs> drugs. Um, <laughs> you, you know, massive quantities of lysergic diethylide um, acid, awesome. whatever they call that stuff. You know, actually, it's funny that you know the real acronym for LSD is actually LAD. Um, but clearly, the drug you know really screwed up people's heads so bad that they couldn't even get the acronym right. Uh, but, you know, major quantities of that over the years and going to a lot of Grateful Dead shows have just made me see that there's, uh, you know, not two sides to every coin, but three. There's heads, tails, and then there's the edge. And I'm a whole lot more interested in the edge than I am in heads or tails. So, um, you know, but honestly, Sam, here's the here's the thing is I put a lot of stuff out there because I do want to get to the truth. And if we're not having arguments about things and having constructive arguments and discussions about where things are going, what's reality in the world of business and, and financial services and banking, then we're never going to get to a new understanding of things. So I'm not into the hype. I'm not into the BS. I'm not into the shameless marketing kind of stuff. Um, you know, I've, I've just got no, got no attention for that. So where did you get the concept for the term snarkening? And who gets credit for that? Is that your wife? or I mean, did you actually come up with that term? No, I actually came up with it um, probably going back at least 10 years ago at this point. Actually, it's kind of even a little bit more than that. I had a boss when I was working at Forrester Research who came up to me one day and said, Shevlin, you know what your problem is? And I said, oh, I only, I only got one. He goes, well, funny you should say that because that's kind of the problem is you're just a snarky guy. And snark just doesn't play with everybody. And, Sam, that was like the light, you know, that the sky parted and the light shone down. And I, you know, realized that I had a choice to make in the business world. Either I had to lose being snarky. Uh, or I had to figure out a way to channel that in a more positive way 
And there was just no way I was going to change at that point. So I try to channel it in a a more uh, positive way. And then I started blogging. And the the initial name of the blog was the Marketing ROI blog because what did I know about blogging? And a lot of people just kept coming up to me saying, you know, you, I like your style of writing, but, you know, you're, you're really not describing it well. It's, it's, you know, you've got a style of writing that's pretty snarky. And that's when I decided I really needed to put snarky and marketing together into snarketing. And, uh, you know, the funny thing was that I had thought of that and had captured the name uh, on WordPress long before I actually changed the name of the blog to snarketing. I actually changed it to uh, the Marketing Tea Party because <laughs> I was trying to connote the oh, uh, the Boston Tea Party, which was about rebellion, and the uh, Alice in Wonderland Tea Party, which was about, you know, whimsical, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then six months after I named it the Marketing Tea Party, the right-wing movement Tea Party came around and totally screwed me because everybody started thinking that my blog was about marketing the Tea Party. So that had to go, and that's when I finally changed it to snarketing, and that's kind of stuck for a long time. So, so I'm curious, and that's how I found you was through the blog. Um, I don't know how long ago that was. And you're a prolific writer. You're a great writer. You've written three books, as a matter of fact, um, available on Amazon and your Kindle right now. But you're also a great speaker. What do you enjoy more? I just got to ask. Do you enjoy the speaking, the writing, or the research? Uh, I like the writing. I like the research because I really like digging into numbers. It's not that I don't like the speaking, but here's what I've kind of learned is I hate to admit this to anybody, but man, I just really like working at home and not going anywhere and doing anything and talking to real people and stuff. It's kind of nice in this little hermit world of mine. And speaking means getting out. And what I have found the hard way is that, um, you know what? I, I speak like I write. It's to the truth. It's, it's you know, uh, somewhat snarky. Um, I've got no bandwidth for getting into all the niceties of stuff. And I get, you know, my style is I'm not looking to educate anybody when I speak, Sam. I'm looking to influence the way they think. And that just doesn't always play at conferences. You know, people want, you know, optimism about the future and I don't give it to them. So what I actually find, and this is something I really don't want to admit, but I'll, you know, I'll be honest, is my speaking evaluations aren't always as great as I'd like them to be. Um, uh, and a good uh, good example of that was the financial brand a couple years ago where I spoke. I thought I did a great presentation. The scores were mediocre. Went to Jim Maroos and said, oh, man, give it to me straight. You know, was it really that bad? He's like, oh, God, no, it was great. Half the people loved you, but half the people hated you. So um, I like the writing piece of it. Um, uh, you know, it gives me an opportunity to really figure out how to say things in the right way. And uh, speaking's hard, and you know that. It, it's hard getting up there. You got to do it a lot to get good, and to be good and do it a lot would mean I'm traveling all the time, and uh, I don't want to be traveling all the time. All right. Well, personally, I think you're an awesome speaker, and yes, you do piss off half the crowd. So now we're down to rapid fire. <laughs> so you have to be real quick. All right, quick minute. Ready? Yep. All right. Uh, Where'd you grow up? Spring Valley, New York. All right. That's what explains why you went to college in upstate New York. But why did you get an MBA from University of Texas? I mean, uh, Texas. Very. They accepted me. Harvard okay. said no. I would have gone to Harvard if they said yes. They didn't say yes, so I went to the University of Texas. And Austin was a pretty damn cool place to go, especially in the early 80s. I got to go see Stevie Ray Vaughan play the bars, and you didn't. Yeah, good point. All right, you are funny as hell. 
and you're around that Boston area now, which is known for comedians. So who's your favorite comedian or comedians? Oh my gosh. Uh, Seinfeld is definitely up there yeah. for sure. Um, that's really the one I, I've always found Eddie Murphy to be super funny. I come from New York, Sam. So my humor is not Boston based. It's, it's New York based. Yeah. I was going to say, cause you went to right to Seinfeld and I was like, like Bill Barr or something like that, but there you go. Bill Burr. Sorry, not Bill Barr. He's a Republican from Georgia. All right, and <laughs> where's the best place to find out about what Ron's doing and, and your writing? Where would you recommend people go? Oh, you just got to go to the Starketing column on financialbrand.com uh, or Twitter. And these days, Sam, I got to tell you, I'm more and more moving into LinkedIn. I think Twitter's just getting to be uh, too much uh, left-wing political noise. Not that I got any problem with that, but to the political noise, I'm moving to LinkedIn. So LinkedIn's where I'm going to be in the next this year. And definitely follow him, folks. Again, he's he'll just give you the truth. I mean, there's no other way to put it because he backs it with facts. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, Sam.